Hey, you people who have solo 401ks, you probably chose that because they are so much safer than self-directed IRAs. Well, guess what? Depending on who set that thing up for you and how they configured it, you don't have any more safety than a self-directed IRA does, and you don't even know it. I'm Brian Ellis. I'll tell you the harsh truth about that right now. It's time. He's here. Now, broadcasting from SDI Central Command, in the depths of his hidden compound, located far from the rot of Wall Street and Washington, we've again established contact with our leader, Brian Ellis. Hello, people. This is Brian Ellis. Welcome back to Self-Directed Investor Talk. We have some great information coming for you. This is episode number 254. You can get all of the information you're learning today by going to selfdirected.org slash 254. Let's move right along right now to a very important topic, a disturbing one for solo 401k users. And to introduce that and to deal with it, I'm going to welcome back to the show the great one, Attorney Tim Berry. Tim Berry, I have long been of the belief that a big reason that the solo 401k or any 401k is a superior alternative to any IRA is because 401ks give you a way to recover in the event that you mess up, in the event that you commit a prohibited transaction. Whereas IRAs, generally speaking, you're if you commit a prohibited transaction, you're out of luck. You've got a big, big problem. Let's start there. Is that generalization correct? Uh, generally speaking, uh, yes, that is correct. However, and uh, uh, this is a really fascinating one to me. I know we've spent some time offline talking about this. You pointed out an exception to this uh, to me here recently. And let me see if I can uh, describe it in in a way that uh, uh, people like me will understand who are are not attorneys. Because I'm not sure you have the capacity to use non-lawyer speak on this. (laughs) Thanks, Brian. So here's what I understand. There was a revenue ruling issued a long time ago, actually, back in uh, 71. And by the way, ladies and gentlemen, if you are interested in seeing uh, this document, and and it's actually pretty short, so I would recommend that you go uh, check it out because it it, it really is pretty interesting to read. The things that we're going to talk about are right there in black and white, which is not always the case with IRS-type documents. But there was a revenue ruling back in 71 that kind of throws a, uh, you know, uh, a monkey wrench into the whole thing. Before we go too deep into that, Tim, what is a revenue ruling? Well, a revenue ruling is just basically where the IRS uh, comes out with a fact pattern or multiple fact patterns. And it says, in these situations... This is what we consider will happen from a tax viewpoint. And by the way, the IRS is bound by these revenue rulings. Okay. All right. So back in 71, they issued a revenue ruling that I want to, I want to say what I think it says, and you feel free to shoot me down if I'm wrong. Sure. First of all, it appears that there are two different configurations for 401ks. There's something called a, a custodial plan and a trustee plan. Are those the correct terms? Uh, yes. Okay. Now, I, it's my impression that there's not good legal clarity about the distinction of, between those two things. Of, uh, is that correct? 
yes, I yes, that's uh, very okay. correct. So I'm I'm going to put you on the spot anyway. Okay. If if you had to guess as to what what those things mean, what would your guess be? Well, my guess is um, if your 401k has a named custodian, you have a custodial plan. Uh, if you are just the trustee and you don't have a custodian, it's a trustee plan. So that's just the really simple distinction uh, between the two. So if you get account statements from a custodian uh, each month, each quarter or so, it's probably a custodian-directed plan. If you are responsible for keeping track of everything on your own, uh, it's probably a trustee plan. All right. I, I want to come back to that in a bit, but it, it, it's possible to kind of have an account that's a hybrid of the two, isn't it? Oh, sure. Uh, some people are still the trustees of the plan, but they also have a custodian. And so we're right, probably right back to a custodial plan. All right. So the important thing is that there are custodial plans and there are trustee plans. Now, another uh, kind of general question I want to ask you, Tim, is this. Based on my limited understanding of the distinction between those two, it sounds to me like, generally speaking, custodial plans happen when you go to a bank, a brokerage, probably a self-directed IRA company. Basically, whenever you have a financial company set up a plan for you, odds are decent that that is a custodial plan. Is that Do, do you think that might be a good generalization? Uh, I think that's a fantastic generalization, yes. And on the other hand, if you are... Uh, if you are directly in control of your 401k and can pull all the triggers and, and twist all the dials and, and flip all the switches yourself without the involvement of a custodian or a third party, then then you're probably you probably got a trustee plan. Yes. Yes. And here's the thing, folks. You probably think you're safe either way. You're not. I'm going to tell you why when we come back. We'll be right back. Send your questions and comments to feedback at sditalk.com. And don't even think about relying on what you've just heard as legal or professional advice, because it's not that. And you know it. This show is the property of SDIP Trust. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved. 